Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs have moved on to the second round of the playoffs, and we will find out who they are going to play on Monday night. Uh, but Kansas City was able to heat up the offense and win in a frigid arrowhead. More on that today with Matt Derrick on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. What a game. Kansas City wins 26-7. to Thank you all for listening. We do appreciate it. This is Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That is Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest. He is going to get us all the information from the locker room here tonight. Matt, uh, I hope you stayed warm in Arrowhead. Oh, I was just fine. I mean, the press box was was pretty toasty. I mean, it does get a little chilly in the front row. Luckily, I, I don't sit there. So I, um, so no, I was just great. But the worst that was for me was the uh, walk in from the parking lot. And I will admit that I needed long johns, but should have worn those just to walk in. The fans who were here, um, God bless you, because I don't know how you made it through this game. This was a tough one, um, but. Uh, it was it was a great crowd. I mean, as, the, as several of the Chiefs players and Andy Reid mentioned afterward, I mean that was I think a, a key to the win. Certainly was the size of the crowd and, and how engaged that they were. I don't know how they powered through it because at least the players had some heaters on the on the field and everything. Not so much for the people in the stands. Well, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, you watch on TV and you've got a couple of fans that are sitting there and they're shirtless and they're having their fun. And I'm just sitting there, I'm going, good grief, I can't. No. I understand you want to go have fun at a football game. Uh, I think I will not be doing that in 30, negative 30 degree weather, which is basically what it felt like on the field. Kansas City's offense really came out and uh, took it to the Dolphins early in the game. I mean, that, that first touchdown drive looked like the Kansas City offense of old in some, in some respects. Yeah, it really did. I mean, I, I thought, hey, at third and 10 after those two incompletions that – it was, oh boy, here the Chiefs offense is going to come go three and out and setting the, another tone for a slow start and a, and a run outing for offense. And then after that, it was just an absolute clinic. Um, uh, the way that they were able to run the football and throwing the football. And as Andy Reid said afterwards, I mean, he's like, he didn't think that the, the Dolphins were going to expect him to come out and throw the ball that much early. And that was, you know, one of their keys was to come out and hit some throws, you know, really kind of loosen things up that way and then start running the football. And it worked out very, very well. Um, and it helped that uh, the Dolphins, for whatever reason, didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to Travis Kelsey. I mean, they didn't seem to be guarding him with the same ferocity that a lot of teams have lately. I don't know what they were letting up the heart about because they weren't really shading it toward Rasheed Rice either, who had a, had a really big game. I mean, between those two guys, I mean, I think they were over, yeah, they had 201 yards received between the two of them. Uh, yeah, you're you're going to get beat if you do that with the Chiefs and let Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey have that kind of fun. So today uh, for the offense, I was really impressed with the way that they were able to come out and establish the tone early. And the, and the Dolphins really didn't do anything, I mean, except the, for one thing, the red execution issues. Um, but other than that, the, the Dolphins really didn't do anything to slow the Chiefs down. Yeah, 22 targets between Rice and Kelsey. And it was a little weird for Kelsey because it looked like he had three drops on the night. Uh, seven receptions on 10 targets. So he, all the balls that he, that were thrown to him that he was targeted on, he dropped, uh, if he didn't catch them. So a little bit off on that, but the reality is, is I don't think maybe one of them would have been a first down and got him first and goal, but I don't think any of them really would have been big scoring plays. And I think Kansas city worked through it, but the bigger part of this game for me 
is the Chiefs' offense looked like they were in sync from the start. Obviously, in the first drive, they even looked that way a little bit later on uh, on the touchdown that was called back. Uh, but then you get later in the game, and they're still able to move the ball. They scored on six to ten different drives. That is exactly what you need. Obviously, you want to put the ball in the end zone, but scoring four field goals in conditions like this is pretty good, and I think you have to feel good about scoring six out of ten drives on the, with the conditions they were dealing with. Yeah, they really – and they only really had one situation where they, they kind of bogged down in a spot that would have been difficult for a field goal, um, go for it on that fourth and five and, and get the conversion when Mahomes scrambles for it. Um, so that kind of got them out of a tough situation. This was uh, a game that I was ranting on social media. Um, if you were kicking from, from left to right on your TV, it was an absolute disaster tonight. The way the wind was swirling in Arrowhead, um, I mean, the kickers – at halftime, both you know Jason Sanders and, and Harrison Butker were out there trying to see if they could make 45-yard field goals going that direction, and neither one of them could. Um, I mean, yeah. that was the max range going that direction, and, and luckily Harrison Butker never had to hit one from that that distance. I mean, the Chiefs were able to get him in closer, and you're right. I mean, you'd like to have a couple of those that you can get into the end zone, um, but hey, you know, this team – as my my colleague Nick Jacobs keeps saying, if this the five is the magic number, this offense gets to twenty five, it's probably going to win every game because this defense isn't giving up that many points. And once you know tonight they they get it done, they get over twenty five, and they win comfortably. Interestingly enough, uh, when you start talking about the field goals, and I think that was really uh, interesting to watch them kicking, Harrison Butker kicking. Uh, and I, a quick question on that. Was it, did he not have the leg at 45 or the ball just veered off because of the wind was so bad? No, it was short. Um, yeah, he okay. missed, uh, I believe yeah. it was a 46 yarder in warmups and they missed another 45 yarder, um, at halftime. They were both short. So yeah, it wasn't necessarily even okay. that the, you know, the left or right, although the wind was swirling kind of both in your face and sideways, but um, it was really the the way that it was coming back at these kickers that, that was really the problem. Because as you saw, even on the kickoffs, um, there was only yeah. one touchback going that direction. And I still don't know how Harrison Butker was able to get that done. <laughs> well, his foot's going to be hurt tomorrow. And I'm sitting here looking at the next gen or the stats on Jesus. And they talk about uh, in the second quarter, the Chiefs got three field goals. And in the third quarter, they got another field goal. And it just so happens that those three, those four field goals, sorry, are all going that same direction that we're talking about. Uh, and that was one of the things that I really liked coming out of halftime, watching Kansas City take the field, going that direction in the third quarter, because I wanted them going the better direction in the fourth quarter in case it needed to be something where they were going to have to, you know, you know, go down and score points. Obviously, that ended up did not end up being the case. Uh, but that going into that end zone, that was difficult to score for both teams. Yeah, it really was. And uh, I mean, and, and the field was in pretty good shape generally. I mean, I think it looked more intelligent than it actually was. Um, it, it certainly won into the field, uh, you know, the kind of south, southeast end of the field where it doesn't get sunlight, a little bit more snow. And, and uh, I'm not quite sure. It was some powder of some sort, so whether it was like ice or pellets or anything like that. Um, it was a little bit more scuffy, but I think it was also even just, it might have even just been sand. I'm not sure. I mean, it it didn't look like the field was in that bad a shape, and it certainly wasn't wet, so players weren't slipping or anything. Um, it was pretty good. I mean, it was hard. I mean, the players did say when you yeah. kind of hit the ground. I mean, there were there was some. It made some. It, it, it responded back. I mean, it was painful to hit the ground, and I think even like when Rasheed Rice went down and got tripped up. 
Uh, it wasn't even just his ankle. And, you know, we kind of hit his knee on the ground too. So uh, yeah. once, luckily there wasn't anything serious with that one and he was able to come back in. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was, and, and the other thing I really heard players was just um, losing feeling in their extremities. I mean, even some of the guys <laughs> after the game were talking about how they still couldn't feel their fingers. I mean, it was that weather. And, I mean, right now, I don't, I didn't see what the weather, what the temperature was at the end of the game, but I know right now here at the stadium, it's minus nine. So that gives you an indication. It was minus four kickoff. So that gives you a range of where the weather was during this one. Yeah, it was negative nine. And I believe they were saying it was negative, still negative 27 with the wind chill is what it was feeling like on the field at the end of the game, which I mean, that's just ridiculous conditions. Kansas City obviously was able to power through it, get through it. Uh, the Dolphins were not able to get their offense started. I think they only had 262 yards uh, on the day, or sorry, 264 yards. Patrick Mahomes threw for 262 yards. So Mahomes almost. Uh, you know, got to the point where he was the same as the Dolphins offense on the entire day. Uh, and the nice thing is Patrick got hit a couple times, didn't get sacked, and the Chiefs were able to get two sacks. We're going to talk more about the defense here in just a moment when we return on today's Locked On Chiefs podcast. All right, everybody, I want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn is fantastic. You need to go check out all of their jobs that they have posted and LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and very easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Matt. So one of the things that really stood out to me is Legereus Snead coming out and being a captain. Obviously, uh, Nick Bolton was hurt most of the year. He was the captain last year. On defense, Chris Jones is still a team captain. But that shows you what this team feels like about Legereus Sneed. And he showed up with a vengeance today. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, you know, Legereus Sneed is, is still a quiet guy. So he's he's not that boisterous leader of any sort. Um, but Legereus Sneed is a leader on this team. I mean, he's a guy that players do look up to. Um, he's just very professional. And obviously the way he's playing right now is out of sight. And I mean, I think that's a recognition you know, with the team voting him a captain for the playoffs, that's a that's just a an indication about what they think of him as as well as he's played. And you know, there's different ways to to be a leader, and there's no doubt. I mean, uh, Jerry is a different brand, and like you mentioned, I mean, you know, Nick Bilton, you know, missed half the season with an injury, so that was probably a factor too. Um, but this team, I mean, they they think the world of him, no doubt. I mean, there were there were guys even still in the locker room talking to with him after the game about the All Pro voting, and you know. Uh, where he came out on that. So there's, there was still some frustration even after the win with like some of the teammates, like, you know what, Legereus deserved it. And once again, he proved it. Um, last I saw, you know, before the game, you know, he had just given up, he had been targeted four times, gave up the one catch to Jalen Waddle for 17 yards, and that's it. Um, it was just another shutdown performance. He, he did move around a little bit more, and the Chiefs were playing a little bit more zone too. So, um, there wasn't as much traveling, but you know, it spent a lot of the night on Waddle. And 
Waddle didn't get anything done. Uh, really, most of the damage that the, the Dolphins were able to get was with Tyreek, and obviously had the touchdown, the big play against McDuffie on an, on an underthrown pass that um, if if hadn't been held up in the wind and maybe with you know just the injuries that Chua was dealing with might not have been a completion. I mean, it kind of had to be underthrown in order to to make it. Um, but other than that, I mean, this team, this defense touches a shutout, and, and Legarius was a big part of it. Well, and you're talking about Tyreek Hill in his 53-yard touchdown pass, the or touchdown catch, I apologize, uh, 62 yards on the day. So he had nine yards outside of that one catch and on four passes because he caught five balls on the day, and he had 62 yards total, so nine yards on four catches, less than two yards a catch outside of that TD pass. And the TD pass went against McDuffie. I agree with you. If it's not underthrown, I don't know that it's a touchdown. Uh, really hard to adjust. Uh, and, and maybe it wasn't necessarily an underthrow near as much as the ball just died in the air because uh, <laughs> that was happening a lot on a lot of the passes that we saw from Tua. I didn't see it as much from Mahomes. But you look at what this defense was able to do. You saw what Snead was able to do. I saw a stat after the game uh, between Germany – and this game, Legereus Sneed allowed one catch between Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. One. The entire two yeah. games. That is yeah. <laughs> that is phenomenal defense. Uh, amazingly remarkable. And you know, and hey, if there needs to be, I don't I don't think there needs to be, but I'm sure, you know, some might you know be devil's advocate and say the Chiefs got the Dolphins in two games away from Miami. I mean, one was in Germany, so neutral field, and one was in Kansas City, obviously out of very Difficult night, I think, for the Dolphins. Um, but still, I mean, this was the second highest scoring team in the league this year, and the Chiefs allowed them to 10 and a half points in games. Um, that's a remarkable, I mean, that's just a remarkable performance. And and maybe this team just, you know, plays well against the Dolphins. Maybe it's just indicative of how this is a team that needs the the lights on, that it needs to, to know that they're going up against somebody that's maybe worthy of them. I mean, because I think obviously – Two of the best performances that this team had all around were against the Dolphins this year. Uh, so, like yep. I said, maybe it is a good matchup, but I think there's also any doubt that you know that this team has been awake for the big games and they didn't win all of them. But I think it does bode well for the postseason that if hey, if this if this team is simply going to be itself, win and only when the lights are on. Well, the lights are on in the playoffs. So, I mean, if you don't get another performance like this from the Chiefs next week, you know, wh- whomever they play, whether it's Houston or, or or Buffalo, I mean, I would be very surprised. I think this team looks like right now that it is it's 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 finally found that gear. It's finally found that switch. Well, and we'll talk about the offense here in the next segment, but I, I do want to continue to talk about the defense for a moment because you watch this game and George Kurloff just continues to get pressure. Don't get me wrong. Chris Jones is helping him. He's taking the double teams. George is getting the one-on-ones and winning them, but two sacks on the day in huge situations, uh, just a fantastic game from him. And it sure looks like he could be a guy that they could actually build this defense around. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and once again, you go back and you look at that draft class that Kurloff came out of, and there were a lot of edge rushers that went in front of him and, uh, right now, I mean, the Chiefs, I mean, they love George Karloftis. I mean, you know, Joe, Joe told me a couple of weeks ago um, he, he wouldn't trade anybody in that draft class, including Aiden Hutchinson, for for George Karloftis. I mean, they're just that happy with him. And, and obviously, this, you know, two sacks tonight was a great performance, uh, really all around. I mean, I think it was a really solid performance from Karloftis. And 
once again, you know, Spagnola was asking those guys to do a lot. I mean, there was a lot of dropbacks from the, the edge rushers tonight because they were blitzing from different directions and really trying to fuse to as much as they possibly could. And, and, and those guys responded. I mean, Carl Loftus, I mean, he had a tackle and coverage. I mean, that's pretty impressive to me from George Loftus. Um, just shows his growth and his, 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 you know, his, his versatility that he's developing. So, no, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, this is the George Loftus that the Chiefs hoped that they were getting. And and we're seeing him right now, I think, in the play, playoffs, playing his best football of the year. Well, it's interesting because I looked during the game and George Karloftis only had one or had two sacks. Chris Jones didn't have any, according to ESPN. I was trying to check to see if that's still the case. Nope. Okay, ESPN changed it. They actually gave Chris Jones a half sack, so I apologize. George only got one and a half. Uh, still, he did phenomenal getting after the ball or getting after the quarterback, getting after Tua. But really, Tua didn't have a great amount of time to throw the ball the entire night. It was it was one, two, three. If you can't hit your first read, you need to get the ball out within another second because somebody's going to be there either hitting you and getting after your arm or just you know hitting you in general. Uh, I think that the Chiefs did a great job. One of the things that I thought was really interesting going into this game is you saw FAU not suit up. And while... A lot of people would look at that and say, well, why didn't you have your first-round pick suit up? It made complete sense to me for this type of game because Herring is a guy that you can have come down inside and help you in the running game and help you a defensive tackle. They were going to need the – they were going to need something like that in this game because I didn't, I didn't think the Dolphins were going to be able to pass the ball very well. You think that's probably a legitimate point, you know, that maybe Malik did give them something a little bit different in this game than what they needed. And like you said, I mean, uh, you know, Malik has a lot more versatility. He is somebody that they're comfortable kicking inside. And 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 with Felix, I mean, he he's kind of a, a third down rusher at this point. That's what they his role for this year is. I don't think it's any reflection on on Felix's future or where he's at in the organization or how they view him. Uh, but I don't think it was all indicative of just. Uh, also, how they wanted to display their their third down package because they they it was a little bit different personnel tonight than usual, and I think it was specifically designed for Tua. I mean, it was designed, and you know, and and there was even some plays that um, the Chiefs only rushed two. I mean, they're putting a lot more linebackers and safeties on the field in, in some of those third down situations rather than just purely pass rushers. So it was definitely a a scheme tonight that was dialed up specifically for the Dolphins and for Tua. And it was all designed once again to do the exact same things that the Chiefs did in Germany. I mean, their plan against the Dolphins this year was very simple. Disrupt their timing. You know, keep them from being able to get rid of the ball exactly when they want to because that's what the Dolphins offense completely predicated on. It's about running to a spot, to a throwing it to that ball spot and taking advantage of his accuracy. And if you can get those receivers, you can play physical with them, which the Chiefs did. I mean, uh, looking what Legarius Sneed did to Tyree Kill a couple of times with putting him on the ground um, is indicative of that. But that's exactly what you know the, the Chiefs wanted to do. They just wanted to disrupt the timing, disrupt the passing lanes, make Tua you know get of, of just being able to get rid of the football when he wants to and hold on to it a little bit longer. And uh, they felt like if they did that, good things were going to happen. And obviously, they got a turnover in a situation like that. I think they almost had a couple of other turnovers. Um, yep. Snead had a great defense in the end zone that probably could have been a turnover. Uh, they, so close on that this, one. I mean, and and. 
I'm not ruling out the possibility that, hey, you know, Tua might be banged up. I know he got hit a lot against Buffalo last week, and um, this, this, the stadium tonight was probably not entirely designed for Tua because I don't know that he has the velocity that Mahomes does, and he throws a higher ball. And as a result, the way that the wind was swirling tonight probably affected Tua a lot more than it affected Mahomes. Um, but it certainly – the ball was not coming out of his hand the way that I think it normally does. I would 100% agree with that. The one thing that I that you said that I thought was really comical, and I was watching the game trying to figure it out as they were doing it because it wasn't even a situation where I think it was getting ready to go into halftime. But the Chiefs did only have two down linemen at, at, a, at a couple different times during the game tonight. And it was funny to watch because they doubled Tyree Kill, and I believe it was on a fourth down play. They doubled Tyree Kill, and McDuffie got picked right at the start, but it was able to make up for it. Uh, because Tua couldn't get rid of the ball immediately uh, because of the pass rush. And that was one of the plays. There was a couple others that they ran, only two guys uh, after Tua, and dropped everybody else. And it's just not something you normally see in a defense. Uh, you normally see at most eight people drop. In this case, it sure looked like they dropped nine, uh, which is not what the Chiefs normally do. So interesting to see that. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Chiefs' offense, how it looked tonight and the record that Rasheed Rice broke right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you're out there looking for somebody to give you a little bit of advice, if you have you know questions about whether or not you're doing the job that you should be doing, or if you have questions about your relationships, BetterHelp is somebody that you can go and get some help from around New Year's Eve, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. All right, Matt. So let's jump into this offense really quick. I do want to say... Rasheed Rice broke the rookie record for most yards in the playoffs for a rookie. Uh, beat somebody. Now I saw it on Elmo TV. Wright. There you go. Elmo Wright from 1971 had 104 yards. Rice goes off for 130. Uh, fantastic game from him. Uh, 12 targets, eight receptions, 130 yards, uh, 39 yard long. Uh, just fantastic game for him and the way he continued to show throughout the game his ability to get upfield and get going uh, picked up two big first downs for Kansas City uh, and on the night it was really interesting to me Mahomes went six for 12 on the night on third down all six of the passes he completed went for first downs uh, didn't throw sh- well he threw short of the six multiple times but the players were able to make uh, fantastic plays in some in some parts and I got to give credit to Clyde Edwards Alaire uh, late in the game he got a first down, uh, third and five, got a first down, and he fought for it. I mean, I think he was getting tackled at third and, you know, after three yards, got two more yards. I believe that's when they went in and scored the next touchdown. 
so that put them up even further. Uh, and I know we had a fumble late in the game, but uh, overall, I think you have to feel pretty good about the entire performance of the offense. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a very solid performance. I, I, I probably fall just a little bit short saying a complete performance because, I mean, I think that the passing game can still be more efficient. And obviously, yep. they, they pretty much missed on all of their deep shots. But hey, weather is an asterisk. I mean, that was certainly a factor with all of it tonight. But um, you put up 146 yards rushing. That was a, a great performance. Um, the other thing, too, the Chiefs, you know, had a very specific game plan as far as you know, the protection goes. And what one thing was, they were not going to let Christian Wilkins do anything. They were going to let their tackles play on an island on the outside. They were going to double-team Wilkins. And um, Wilkins, I I don't know if he – I finally picked up one in garbage time, but at one point, you know, and I think his first 45 snaps in the game, he only had one pressure, and that was it. And uh, the only presence that he had. And at the same time, I mean, none of the – you know, with the, the Dolphins, with their injuries, I mean, they weren't able to get any pressure on Mahomes on the outside either. Um, they really had to bring the blitzes, and they did, you know, bring some zero blitzes, and that gave the Chiefs some opportunities. And, and Mahomes did beat them a couple of times on the blitz for some big gains, just in some of the <laughs> big hits downfield that they wanted. Uh, but they they took advantage of it. And once again, you, you blitz Mahomes, and you're going to pay for it. He didn't make them pay, but um, those 89 well, yards that Pacheco had on 25 four carries were hard fought four yards. Yeah, they were, and. Mahomes should have made them pay a couple more times. Uh, the wide receivers missed a couple of balls they probably should have caught. But then there's also the scenario that the receiver that the refs missed several holding calls that should have at least been a defensive hold and continued some Chiefs drives in multiple situations. Uh, Wilkins was the guy that actually got the pass, or sorry, roughing the passer penalty that that allowed them to get out of a third and twenty, I believe. Uh, so you know he helped them out a little bit in that regard, but you're right. I think they did a great job against him. Uh, you know, Donovan Smith did a good job. Uh, I saw maybe one or two times where I thought he was holding. Obviously, he didn't get called. Uh, Taylor had another rough night. Uh, it's going to be one of those things. It's Hopefully, he's able to get through it, and they're continuing to go forward for the rest of the season, but I do think that uh, you know you get into the offseason, I think he's going to get things figured out and, and taken forward. Uh, and, and be better next year. But at this point, it is what it is, and he's got to get past uh, where he is right now and, and try to continue to improve. Yeah, and it, it was yeah, it was a rough night for Jawan, and he had the, the the block in the back to tick away a, a touchdown from Rasheed Rice. Uh, that was a big play, too. But the offensive line, I mean, once again, you mean to me, you circle back those 146 rushing yards they got, even yep. if, you know, hey, 41 of them were Mahomes rushing. Okay, I get that, but... Um, Pacheco in the first half just really just ran the heck out of the ball. And, you know, in the second half, there were, those were harder fought four yards. It really just kind of running out the clock a little bit. And they did a good job with that too. But that was in, in these kind of conditions. I mean, that was the, that was the kind of gritty work that you have to do. I think that all in all, I mean, as a unit, the offensive line played pretty well tonight. Um, you know, I, I think everybody had a pretty good night and, and Rasheed Rice, I mean, to your point, um, I mean, he just continues to show that development. I mean, as far as, you know, being Patrick friendly, like Andy Reid talks about in his ability to, you know, manipulate zones and really take advantage of that and learning how to, you know, change his route and alter his route in the offense based on whether he's facing man or zone coverage. Uh, he's really progressing very quickly, much more quickly than anybody else in the offense is right now. And that's why him being healthy and available next week, you know, coming into the game tonight was big because I, I just don't know if the Chiefs can make a deep run in the postseason without a healthy Rasheed Rice. 
I would agree with that. And watching him tonight, and I can't remember exactly which play it was. I think it was third and seven, uh, or maybe it wasn't even a third down, but it was a situation where Rasheed Rice is in the middle of the field. There's a zone coverage, and he looks back at, it, at Mahomes, and he realizes, okay, Mahomes can't really see me, and he moved three or four yards. And that's all it takes to get open and find your place in the zone and get to the point where you can see your quarterback's eyes and he can see you and goes for a big gain and that's i mean that's just continually showing how he is growing week to week it's fantastic to watch uh and you look at the rest of this chiefs offense obviously uh they struggled with the deep ball tonight i think that that's something that they're going to continue to struggle with it just doesn't seem to be there this year but they have to keep trying i mean they have to keep trying to keep defenses honest as much as they can so i get why they continue doing it uh you know i thought clyde did a good job running the ball tonight uh even with the fumble uh, that was a rough one. And I have to ask this question, though. Have you ever, because I can't, I'm sitting here thinking for as long as I've been watching football for over 20 years, I cannot ever remember watching a player's helmet break mid-play. Yeah, not like that. I mean, I feel like that I, I probably have seen like a face mask come loose from time to time. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's been some issues like that, but a, a helmet literally having a, a chip cracked out of it? No, I mean, and I don't even know that had happened. I don't know if it was just because of the cold or there was something else to it, uh, but that was hysterical. I mean, and the players on the, in the middle side, I mean, they were telling Mahomes, I mean, you got a crack in your head, and he didn't care. He's like, no, just get the next play and let's keep going. And obviously it wasn't until I, I, I'm assuming an official of play saw it and said, hey, no, wait a minute, you, you got you to get that checked. I'm kind of surprised that he wasn't pulled out of the game by the, the independent neurological consultant. Right. A, that was talked about a, on Twitter as well. <laughs> so I'm kind of surprised by that. Um, but then Mahomes was upset about getting to replace the helmet because it had been sitting on the bench the entire time and was freezing cold. So oh, yeah. he wasn't real happy about that. And then so uh, after the, on the next drive, I mean, we're trying to get that backup helmet warmed. So they had had it over by the heaters and we're, we're trying to get that, you know, more comfortable for him. And then they were also fitting third helmet, another backup helmet and fitting him with it just in case that one failed. So you got to have to back up to the backup. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I've never seen it. it, it it's fantastic. Uh, and you have to remember or you have to know that that's going to be something that's going to go down in Chiefs lore, regardless of how this season ends up. But let's go ahead and get to the the night and say, okay, who is your game balls for tonight? We're going to do two each. Ryan's not here. It's the playoffs. Let's just do two each. <laughs> we'll have an extra one for tonight. Um, hey, I, I, I'm going to go one on the offensive side and on the defensive side for the defense. I mean, I really think that Legereus needs to uh, set the tone for the entire game. Um, his physical play on the Dolphins receiver – um, was really it was definitely an inspiration. I mean, that was definitely something that got the other guys fired up. Maybe being a captain, you know, helped help Legarius have a little bit more juice in his game. I don't know, um, but uh, it was just an incredibly strong performance from him. Like I said, last I saw, I think he had the, he just gave up the one catch for 17 yards, and that was a wall. Um, absolutely, once again, another all-pro caliber performance. Whether or not he is an all-pro, I mean, he is an all-pro caliber player. There's no doubt about it. Uh, there's a few more all pro teams that come out. So hopefully he gets the recognition that he deserves at some point, even if it's not from the Associated Press. But 
this was a, a I, I think he was absolutely a huge part of this defense tonight and, and being able to keep the Dolphins in check. And, and offensively, I'm Pacheco had a great game, but my game ball is going to go to Rasheed Rice. Those eight catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Had another touchdown that could have been on the books. Um, best rookie performance by a, a Chiefs receiver in team history. That's a, an impressive performance. Uh, very, you know, strong. And I mean, that's why I say, I mean, yeah, I said it earlier and I'll repeat it again. I mean, if the Chiefs make a deep run in the playoffs, it's going to be Rasheed Rice who is going to need to be a, a big player for them. He really stepped up tonight. Yeah, and I think he's going to continue to step up. Uh, I am going to go with a, a defensive player, and I'm going to go special teams as well. But I do want to say really quick, I'm not going to give one to Mahomes. I think I thought he played really well. I thought he was locked in. I don't think that he really put the ball in harm's way at all. Uh, obviously, if the ball's bouncing off somebody else's hands, there's not much you can do about that. But I thought he did a very good job of, of making sure that the you know where he was throwing the ball was a good place to throw the ball. Um, but it was interesting to me because I was doing some looking at this before we got on tonight, 56.1% completion rate in tonight's game and a 6.39 yards per attempt in most games. You're going to look at that and say that that's a bad game from homes. Uh, generally speaking, you're not going to be very happy with those stats in tonight's game in those conditions. I'm very happy with those stats to be quite honest. Uh, I think he he did a great job. Uh, obviously, he could have had a second touchdown, uh, a couple of passes that Ke- Kelsey catches. He could have been closer to 300 yards. Regardless, my game ball is going to go to George Kaloftis. Uh, one and a half sacks on the Knights. Uh, he, I just think he he was very good when he was trying to get off the quarterback. And there was even times where I saw him draw back in pass coverage. I think and uh, you know rally to the ball. That's something that you have to do in Spags' system. Uh, it drives people nuts at, at times that he does that with the defensive ends. But that's how he plays his defense, and that's how he gets, you know, the the loaded looks from one side to the other. Uh, and then the other one is going to go to Harrison Bucker. I just think that, obviously, four t- field goals—that's big. But the way he was able to kick, the way he was able to do kickoffs, just completely taking over and you know owning that kicking game tonight on a on a, in a situation where it was horrible conditions. He's kicking into the worst part of the field on most of his field goals. And he made them all. Uh, he has been clutch for them all season, and it's fantastic to watch. Yeah, it, it has been impressive tonight, and and that's probably one thing I mentioned about Holmes' game that I thought was important was that you know going into the postseason. I mean, I've said it. I mean, if the Chiefs are going to win, I mean, the other thing they're going to do is they're going to protect the football and they're not they're not going to turn it over. And that was one thing Mahomes tonight. I mean, he was very careful to throw the football away when there was nothing there and not trying to force it into some impossible windows. And I mean, that's that's what he's going to have to do. I mean, so that was to me, even though it hurt the completion percentage, it was the right thing to do tonight. And as a result, I mean, except for that one garbage time fumble from, from Clyde, Chiefs protected the football and didn't have those kind of mistakes tonight. Yep. Really quick, uh, I know there was one injury, Derek Naughty. Was there any other injuries that came out? That's the uh, that that and Cam Jones. Cam Jones had a chest injury, uh, left the game. So we'll see about that. That, that one, Derek Naughty has had that elbow pop up before. Uh, I saw him on the on the sideline trying to work out. It looked like you know, yeah, it was he was trying to see if we could maybe put something on there to kind of reinforce it. We will see. I mean, I know he's played with an elbow brace before, so we'll we'll see if if that's what has to happen next week. Uh, in the divisional round, but I, I know knowing knowing Derek and he looked like he was in a pretty good mood in the locker room, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to give it a go next week. 
Well, there you go. That is going to be it for us tonight. Thank you all for watching. We do appreciate it or for listening, depending on where you are getting this, either on YouTube or on one of the podcast platforms, whether it's Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening to Locked on Chiefs. That is Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest. Go check out his work over there. He does a fantastic job. And we will talk to you tomorrow.